0: Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to prevention. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cronin, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Colander about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Collender will talk to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to be taking to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack, and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board-certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us talking about his personalized concierge practice, explaining the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician, and he'll tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866 Colander. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, welcome back. Um, question that I have for you. You have a very specific concierge practice that specializes in prevention. And as we are living in the time of compartmentalized medicine, where you get sent off to see Specialist A and Specialist B, You were just telling me before we started the show about how you follow up on the specialists if you have to refer your patients out. Tell us about how that works and how you are responsible for once you send the patient on their way to see a specialist.
1: Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. You know, I try my best to follow up on what's happening with the patient, making sure that I know what happened in the visit, because I don't want anybody, including a specialist, doing anything with my patient without my consent. And that's because nobody understands prevention, even in any specialty. All they know is their job, and their job is usually managing some end-stage disease, and they don't understand prevention very well. So I explain to the patient, don't let anyone prescribe drugs for you. Don't do any invasive testing without talking to me. And it takes a lot of work.
0: Right, and I know that with most patients that have a primary care physician, once you're referred out, you're kind of like gone out into the wilderness. The primary care physician relies on the specialist that he or she sends the patient to to follow up and follow through, but there's no circling back to the primary care physician. And one of the things I'd like you to address is you told a story a while back about a patient who was on medication, went to the Mayo Clinic, was taken off the medication then, when had to be put back on the medication when they returned back to you after their visit to the Mayo Clinic, now the medication's a thousand dollars. Do you remember that story? Vaguely. Well, vaguely, but it happens though. <laughs> yeah, it but does. It, you know, and it's really it's germane to the listening audience because we're paying enough for medication without having it be increased because we were taken off and started all over again.
1: Well, even Mayo Clinic and Cleveland Clinic do not understand prevention. They're great at what they do. I mean, if you have a medical mystery you go to mayo and they're great at unraveling it because they can put all 20 specialists in a room to hash it out which really can't happen anywhere else and if you need some procedure that no one in the world does then cleveland clinic's great at that but still they're not there for prevention they're there to identify and work out an established problem so as great as they are at what they do they don't do what i do
0: And that's a major problem because as you send patients out into the field to see, be it a cardiologist or an endocrinologist or whatever other specialist, in most cases, it gets passed off and then it's put into the hands of whoever the specialist is. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what happens with your patients when you send them out to see a specialist. And in fact, you were telling me a story before we started to record this show about a patient who went to see a cardiologist and what happened.
1: Well, I will, but what you're telling me is making me think of just to describe what happens to the average listener, which is, you know, you're, you have a problem. The internist only has five or six minutes and in five or six minutes, all there's time to do is prescribe a drug or refer to a specialist. So let's say you go to the specialist and the specialist says, well, I think you need to go to the, another specialist. The problem is the second specialist has no idea who the primary care doctor because they're only, they're only... They're
0: the second in the chain of command or line. I get it.
1: They're only sending the results to the referring doctor who's not the PCP anymore who can put this together. So a specialist referring to another specialist is always a bad idea, especially when the primary care doctor is not involved. And oftentimes a specialist is going to refer someone to the wrong specialist. And we talked about, we had a whole show about, like, an orthopedic um, prescribing mill. Right. You know, where you go into an orthopedic doctor and complain, you know, it might be a knee doctor, you complain about your back. Oh, now you're seeing the same, an orthopedic doctor in the same practice for the back. Then they say, well, my shoulder bothers me. Then you're seeing a, a shoulder specialist. In one visit, for just because you went for your knee, Now, you've got three doctors, three different images, three different office visits, and you didn't really need any of them because it was probably a medical condition at that point that could have been addressed by your PCP. And that was a self referred patient, someone who talked to a friend who said, Send me, you know, you got to go see my doctor. And it turned into a a merry go round of referrals and Medicare billing for nothing. Nothing ever happened of it except the orthopedic surgery office. You know, made God knows what, 10 grand on this person in MRIs and office visits. And they left with no resolution of their problem.
0: Well, that's because I believe that things all should circle back to the primary care physician and you should be getting reports from everybody and engineering the basic traffic of that patient and also what's happening with the patient should eventually come back to the PCP, but it doesn't happen all the time.
1: Well, Blue Cross did try to set up the patient centered medical home. Um, But that ended up being a...
0: That was not effective, though.
1: No, that's about establishing control over the population, not about doing the best for the population.
0: We should come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with the concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board-certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and telling us about the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Collender. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R dr colander we're talking about you as a pcp referring your patient out to see a specialist you've sent someone out recently to see a cardiologist and what happened
1: well i'm gonna tell a little like a longer version of the story so this is um you know an unmarried couple and um The husband is having, they're not married, but the the man is having some health issues more than the woman in this relationship. He has some mild dementia, and that makes him resistant to care. And so even though I have this preventive practice, not everybody that comes in is super healthy. In fact, most people are not healthy. They have problems that we need to resolve And this person's more challenging because even though he did join the practice, he doesn't want that much help. And so in the last few weeks, he's developed some additional problems, shortness of breath. He's put on some fluid, swelling in the legs. And, you know, they're tying my hands behind my back a little bit on treatment options because they have their ideas of how things should go. And... Part of my job is, I don't want to, they've joined the practice, they're mine, I'm theirs. I can't just say my way or the highway. So Mm -hmm. I've got to work around their belief system a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I did send him for a non-invasive workup for his fluid overload. And part of that is doing an echocardiogram. I say this is basic, basic medicine. Fluid overload, get an echo. An echocardiogram looks at how the heart is beating And it gives you an idea if there's heart failure, you know, if the heart pump is not working. So I have a practice, a cardiology group that I send patients to for those kind of tests.
0: That you refer to?
1: A lot. Uh They're great. Uh You know, are they perfect? Do they understand prevention? No, but they're great at what they do. So I get a report and they, the patient, took the disc of the report to their friend who's a cardiologist, who read it and said, well, this is a very abnormal report. And, you know, so the the woman called me today to let me know that, oh my God, there's a problem, and his heart's not beating right, he's in heart failure. Meanwhile, I have the report, it's read as normal. So I have two cardiologists who read the same report as being totally different, not even a little different, Totally.
0: So, one cardiologist is diagnosing heart failure.
1: Correct. They're That's friend, pretty
0: serious. That's pretty serious.
1: It's a different, you know, it just puts things on a different course. You know, it just means that, you know, we've got to address this problem. And, you know, we've already identified the drivers of his condition that he declines to treat. You know, he's, we know what's wrong. I know what's wrong with him. He just won't listen or do that, but he'll, unfortunately he's going have to suffer the consequences if he doesn't so he was told by his their friend and their their established cardiologist he had a problem i called the doctors i used back to go hey this is what happened can you reread the report and to their credit they called me right back to let me know that the numbers that were provided by their friend were on a report a computer-generated report. And they read the whole study, and based on their expert opinion, meaning my people's expert opinion, they thought that the echocardiogram was normal, that you cannot go by the computer-generated report. And I fall that I believe 100%. Um, you know, we do EKGs on patients, and there's a computer-generated reading on the EKG which in my opinion is wrong 100% of the time.
0: Why is that? That's really important because most of us go to our PCP and that's part of what the diagnostic test is. We get an EKG, someone comes back and tells you it's good and you think, oh wow, I don't have heart disease, I'm okay, I'm, I'm fine, I don't have anything wrong with my heart. So what you're telling me is an EKG is an irresponsible test. To- no, no,
1: no, what I'm saying is you get the EKG and EKG machines now generate uh, a, an impression. The, okay. The computer generates an impression printed on the EKG. I found that report to be wrong all the time. So, you know, I've got a big screen TV in my office, and I'm reviewing these images with the patient in front of me, and I don't even, you know, I look at the computer out of curiosity what the report is, but I don't go by it at all. So when the cardiologist tells me that was a computer-generated data point that this other cardiologist is reporting from, right away I know this guy, their friend, didn't read their study. Even though they tell me he did, I had to call them back and say, look, I know it's your friend. I know you've trusted this person forever, but anyone who, who talks to you based on a computer-generated number I immediately distrust.
0: Well, that's kind of a very unusual situation, though. That somebody's got a friend who happens to be a cardiologist. No, it is not. It's not okay. I'm listening to you. Tell Everybody's
1: us about it. got a friend who's, you know, who's who's offering an opinion.
0: But are they doctors?
1: Well, they're calling their doctor friend for an opinion. Okay. I mean, you you know those commercials um, for Cardia, which is it starts with the K. Yes, yes, yes. Where people, you know, you put
0: their two fingers, fingers on, on it, yeah. right,
1: and it gives you an EKG report, right? So, is it reliable? Yeah, it's. Okay. I mean, it's got its limitations, but if mm-hmm. you understand what you're looking for and what it's able to tell you, mm-hmm. well, then that's all it can tell you. Mm-hmm. So I have a patient who sends me. I have a few that send me their EKG, their rhythm strip every day,
0: from the cardiac yeah uh, uh, technology. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and it's very important to them because this is their connection to me. Of course. And they're alone. They, you know, don't have their friends. You know, their friends are do- are gone. Mm-hmm. Their kids are busy. I'm it. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. just want, I'm their connection to the world. Mm-hmm. Just by mm-hmm. my, hey, good. This EKG's okay.
0: Well, you know what? I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's one of the benefits of having a concierge practice doctor. Because if you're in the normal PCP doctor profile, you're going to sit and wait three or four weeks before you get in to see an appointment. He's not going to be worried about what you're doing on, on the site, he's not going to be looking at what you're, what their patient is sending in on a daily basis.
1: Well, and I know what my job is in that situation. Like that's a pleasure to do. So, and I so what the, the story is is that that person showed their rhythm strip to someone who is in their their not assisted living, but I think it's a independent living facility, mm-hmm. and that person told her. You got to go to the emergency room. Oh. You know, a doctor looked at the rhythm strip and said, You got to go to the emergency room. She sent it to me. I said, It's a, it's, a, it's artifact. Artifact means they're just background electrical noise making the strip look bad, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And she's like, You know, I'm like, Just don't talk to that person again. Mm-hmm. You know, because now I'm then, Well, he's a doctor. How can I go? He doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know who it was. What their background was but that's the you know cowardly i don't know what i'm doing i don't want to have responsibility here go to the er
0: yeah that's another shame of a lot of patients just got get told on an ongoing basis that you know if you can't see somebody right now you can just go to your local er and spend uh you know six or seven or eight hours waiting to be triaged for nothing for nothing absolutely
1: absolutely nothing because your doctor wouldn't make a stand
0: unbelievable and i know this is a true fact anyway let's come back and talk some more with dr colander on the other side of the break you're listening to the colander medical radio show and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a private concierge practice please call dr colander directly at 866 colander Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board-certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is with us talking about his personalized concierge practice, And explaining the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician he's also going to be talking about the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke for more information we're encouraging you to call dr colander directly at 866 colander again that number is 866 k-o-l-e-n-d-e-r dr colander over the break we were talking about how many people over the weekend, you can't reach your PCP. They're closed from five o'clock on Friday to nine o'clock on Monday. And even if you call on Monday morning, you're probably going to get an appointment within the week or within two weeks. So access to the primary care physician is very, very restricted. And so many people who feel as though they may be having symptoms of a heart attack will wind up, Uh, getting a family member or going themselves to the ER and what happens there and why is that a mistake? Well, let me, or a waste of time.
1: I'm going to do my CYA statement to that, Amory, which is, you know, if you think you're having a heart attack, you should go to the emergency room, except in my practice, I have a very good idea of who's at risk. And so people call me with chest pain I know that they're not having a heart attack, and I just have not come in the next day to the office. Um, my patients that I know are at high risk, if they call with chest pain, I would tell them, yeah, go to the ER because I know where they are in the spectrum of vascular disease. And I'm not talking about plaque buildup. I'm talking about plaque inflammation. So knowing where you are and where your health is, what your profile looks like, lets you know when you're having these symptoms that they are or not cardiac or vascular because I have confidence in our process to know that's what we're dealing with. Doesn't mean that my patients all understand it because I've got to re-educate them literally every visit. And if they stood in front of a cardiologist and said, hey, go get a stress test, they would do it because the doctor said so, even though they know they don't need it.
0: I think the importance here is that it's getting harder and harder to get in to see a primary care physician within the week, and even more difficult to get an appointment with a specialist where you're talking about at least three weeks to get an appointment. And whatever symptoms you may or may not have in the evening, overnight, on the weekend, I'm just really stunned by the fact that not everybody's running around signing up to join a practice like yours where they can just simply dial a number and have the doctor on the other end of the phone And you're able to differentiate from your patients who, as you said, who are the ones that are seriously at risk that you would say, yes, go ahead and go to the ER, or whether you would stop them and say that's a waste of time.
1: Well, to most of them it's a waste of time when we're talking about cardiac symptoms. And the reason is they're all on some type of program to reduce their personal risk for disease. So it's not like they're unknown quantities. I know exactly where they are. Um, as far as other conditions, you know, it's this is the benefit of having a concierge practice. Someone calls me with abdominal pain. Well, if I'm seeing 40 people a day, there's no time to squeeze in an urgent visit. But in my day, come on in. Come right now. And we can evaluate their abdominal pain. I can arrange an outpatient CAT scan, start them on therapy, have them follow up the next day or two and save a hospital visit let alone half a day in the ER save an admission because we can get them in early i can examine them and start a treatment plan you know whereas if you don't have that time you're in the hospital for a week
0: yeah that's really pathetic because it's the the i guess that's the fact that you the, the non availability of access to medical care or medical answers so if people are in the ordinary common garden variety, you know, primary care practice, they're pretty much out of luck 50% of the week. So you're out of luck over the, the evenings and weekends, and if you're having any kind of symptoms that might lead you to think that you're having a serious problem. Or COVID symptoms,
1: and or you can't COVID. go to
0: the office at all. Exactly.
1: Right. If you're having COVID symptoms, you're not even allowed into the doctor. How ironic is that? Well, I've, I've got an illness but I can't go to the doctor because the doctor's afraid of the illness.
0: Yeah, well, that's really pathetic, and that happens a lot in many medical buildings with many medical practices is that you've got to pass by a front desk where you have to answer. Even at Beaumont Hospital, when you go to Beaumont Hospital and you walk in through the, the door, the first thing they stand they ask you these questions, have you been out of the country? Have you, have you been near anyone who has been exposed to COVID? Have you had a fever? of the people that drive to the hospital are probably going to lie and say no, 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 and no because they want to get in.
1: Well, this week alone, I probably saw two or three patients who I've not seen in two years because of COVID. And thankfully, they did not spend their COVID, you know, gaining weight, eating junk food, and not exercising. They spent COVID learning to run. Mm. And they came back in better shape than when I saw them two years ago. So, I mean... I'd like to take credit for it, but I can't. They just on their own just said, all right, I'm going to make myself healthy during this stretch of time. But Mm -hmm. it goes the other way a lot where someone didn't get access to health care and their health goes down the drain. And I see their inflammation markers go up. I see their CIMT measurements go up, which is bad. It means they're at higher risk for um, some type of cardiovascular event. Uh, Access to care, even during the pandemic, is critical. Not letting people go to a doctor during COVID was a horrible decision by our healthcare community.
0: When you say the healthcare community, how about just the individual doctors and the individual PCP practices? Because they're the ones that set up this front line. You can't get into the building unless you pass through. I, I understand taking your temperature, but you know what? People can have a temperature from other things.
1: Well, we're no longer, you know, supporting... Doctors who don't make decisions for themselves so a year ago. I would have said well these doctors work for companies and hospitals that set these uh, Rules up, but they should have left that job Started their own business during COVID and they would have done well um, being available because No, no access to care meant people got sick and now you're hearing about all the cardiac events that are related to COVID exposure And how people who had COVID, even if they didn't go to the hospital, um, are at much higher risk for future events. So going, again, I'm going to say going to your regular doctor to identify if you had COVID and what's your increased risk of heart disease, you're just going to get run around with a useless workup and not get any of the appropriate testing that's going to really identify what your risk is. And if you have it, what to do about it. And the ongoing costs of COVID are going to be felt forever.
0: What are the appropriate tests?
1: We, you need to do the carotid intima-media thickness test because it's a direct representation of inflammation in your arteries. You need to do blood work that measures biomarkers of inflammation of your arteries. Different types of lipid measurements. You need to also look for other conditions that drive artery disease. But at least the 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 imaging and the inflammatory lab markers identify your risk for vascular disease, especially if you've been exposed to COVID.
0: Now, I understand that everybody listening can remember the CIMT. We talk about it a lot, and anybody can write down CIMT while we're talking about it. And, um, you know, go and ask their primary care physician. But the average listening patient population is not going to know what kind of blood tests they ought to be asking for, whether their doctor even giving them the correct blood tests. So how is the average listener supposed to monitor that?
1: Well, no, they gotta, there are not many doctors who have these tools at their disposal because they're part of a system that doesn't work. So unless that doctor, again, doctors need to leave the standard healthcare system and establish a practice that focuses on prevention gives them an opportunity to help their patients they're not leaving patients behind by leaving the system they're bringing them with them into a safer place
0: patients just need to know um what their what they're, what care they're getting and and be more proactive about their own medical uh management let's come back and talk some more about this subject on the other side of the break you're listening to the colander medical radio show and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Collender. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to The Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to The Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board-certified in internal medicine, and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is with us talking about his personalized concierge practice and explaining the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also talking about the simple tests that are available and necessary and seldom prescribed, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to call Dr. Collender directly at 866 L E N D E R. Again, that's 866 K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, we're on the last segment. What do people really need to know? Patients can only do so much about guiding their doctor. It's the other way around. The doctor should be guiding the patients. What are the really overarching principles and benefits of belonging to a practice such as yours, which is a concierge practice? You're available 24-7. And when you send a patient out to see a specialist, You're following up on that when they come back to see you. You're following up on what were the results.
1: You know, and that's one of the things that you just don't have time to do when you're in a high-volume practice. And so oftentimes, until you get back to the doctor's office, there's no review of what happened. You know, so if I get a note from the specialist That has some comments in there that don't make sense to me or I don't like I call the patient you know I don't wait for the follow-up I call him and say hey I'm reviewing this how that visit go and we hash it out just like today I mean god I must have spent an hour talking to the patient and um, his uh, significant other about the difference in these two cardiology readings and I talked to the cardiologist about what happened and how, how they come to this scenario and how could it happen? And I've got to break it to this person that their friend didn't do right by them. You know, not intentionally, but they got it that if someone's going to read a report and make a comment based on a computer-generated reading, we have to be skeptical of their conclusion.
0: So you're still the gaffer here and you're still the manager and you're still overseeing when your patient is sent out be it to see a cardiologist or an endocrinologist or a rheumatologist or whatever other kind of specialty, you're getting that information back in. You're pulling the patient back in. You're reviewing what the specialist had to say. That doesn't happen out in the real world in America. I'm no. here to tell you it does not happen because when you get sent out to see a specialist, they're just, you know, saluting goodbye to you as you go off on the wilderness of seeing the the next specialist and the next specialist and, your PCP is now following up and calling you and saying, how did it go? That's like a kind of utopia that doesn't exist in the regular medical practice here in this country. It just doesn't exist. Well, to be
1: fair, I don't call on everybody's, you know, uh, consultation review when I get the report. But you call in the high profile ones that are at risk. Well, no, when I get a report that has things in it that I don't like, I absolutely call the patient and kind of say, hey, where are we with this? Because I don't I'm not in favor of what happened that visit and don't stop this and start that. And, you know, cause I look at every patient as a a project I'm working on that no one really understands the goals and how to get there. And even though I do rely on specialists for things that are out of my area of expertise, I still don't want them to interfere with my overall picture. Right. You know, so I, you know, I, these patients are a, a work of art to me and that, I don't want them to be totally interfered with it. It's going to affect our prevention goals. And that happens all the time. People don't understand why they're on this drug or that drug, and they stop it. I've got to put it back on. i got to reeducate the patient. I mean, having... A, there was a gastroenterologist. I'm saying was because I don't refer to him anymore. Um, he's a great guy, and I like him, but he just doesn't know what I'm doing. And... My patients want more information, so they're asking, hey, why should I be on a statin? I don't want to be on it anymore, and if you're a regular listener, you know that statins reduce artery inflammation. Even if the plaque isn't blocking, you need to reduce the inflammation, and my GI doctor said, oh, plaque is normal. No reason
0: for you to take the statin. Wow. How did plaque ever become normal? We weren't born with plaque. I mean, how does it ever become normal? It's totally abnormal.
1: Because, Anne-Marie, it's easier to tell someone a mild amount of plaque is normal than to explain what is wrong and what they need to do, especially when you don't understand what's wrong or what needs to be done. Calling it normal when it doesn't require surgery is a lot easier. So a lot of people go see their cardiologist or vascular doctor and get a, a, a vascular test that shows some mild plaque, and they're told, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal or it's normal. I mean, that's the same message. The problem with that message is it doesn't recognize that a lot of work needs to be done right then and there to stop that plaque from becoming serious right. or stop that plaque from killing that person right? or causing a debilitated stroke or down the road causing dementia. So the system doesn't recognize this opportunity needs to be taken seriously. So when my patients go see a specialist and I get a note back from the specialist that is interfering with my project, which is each one of my patients, well, then I got to call the patient up, re-educate them about what we're doing, maybe get another opinion you uh-huh. know, about that area, depending on the severity of the, uh, of the interference by the specialist and um, get them back on track.
0: Well, one thing I want to say before we run out of time, it's really tremendously important that the listeners understand that if you're somebody out there who's lost at sea, who's kind of, you know, swishing back and forward between doctors and referrals, and you, you're you able to understand what we're talking about today, I do want to let you know that Dr. Colander is on live Thursdays, every Thursday evening after Mitch album at 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And we welcome listeners out there far and wide to call in with your questions. And Dr. Callender is here and ready to answer your questions. That's every Thursday, starting at 7 from 7 to 8, right, following Mitch Album show. So, Dr. Callender, what what other information can you give out there? Because I just feel that all these patients are completely lost at the mercy of being bandied around like, little tennis balls between all the different doctors and procedures that they're signed out and they really don't know what to do. I think the main message is do not make any assumptions.
1: Uh, You cannot make assumptions about your health, whether you are working hard at being healthy or don't do anything about your health. Um, You also cannot assume that a good report from your physical this year at your doctor working for any hospital or company means anything. Because they have no data to support any statement about your health or future. None of those tests do any of those things.
0: The physicals are very limited. There's no doubt about it. They're
1: worse than limited. They're misinformative.
0: And the the stress test and the EKG that you get are just a waste of time. That's absolutely true. If you're having chest pain, then get a stress test.
1: You know, exertional, cardiac chest pain, then you need a stress test. But to do a routine stress test is a total waste of time and provides no data. At the very most, um, it's going to provide a false positive that's going to lead you to an invasive procedure that has risk.
0: Just the nature of the test is going to have a risk of killing you when you don't need to have it at all. So the most important message is that people need to be aware that there are preventative tests out there and people need to be aware of what they are. And if you're not aware of where they are or how to get them, call 866-COLANDER. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what we can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease it's never too late to start for more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice call dr colander directly at 866 colander again that number is 866 k-o-l-e-n-d-e-r we hope you've enjoyed the show and that you've become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. Thank you for listening.
1: Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.